Welcome to the Geek Geek Podcast, where listening counts as reading. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beige. It does. You read with your ears. Yes, sometimes we do. Today, we're talking about kind of where we're at with reading, like our reading state of mind, for lack of a better term. And we, I just want to talk a little bit about, like, we've both been listening to a lot of audiobooks, but I've been reading a little bit more than I have been, like, the last year or two. And I know you're kind of mm. reading less, right? Yeah, I'm reading a lot less than I ever have that I think I started recording how many books I read when I was at, late in college. I think it was around 2005-ish, and I was reading, I mean, and it's not a lot for a lot of people, but I was reading anywhere from uh, from around 40 to 70 books a year for what I was logging, and that is, like, last year I might have read five. It was it was just nothing compare, in comparison yeah, and I just don't have as much time to read. Like, I don't have uninterrupted time. That's not a thing that right. really exists when you have kids the age that my kids are. Um, even at night when you tuck them in, they get up like three or four times and come back down and they need things. And it's just yep. it's part of being a parent at the age that my kids are. So for me to actually have time to like sit down and read and not get interrupted and like enjoy it for pleasure. Like I need that extended amount of time to get my head into Mm -hmm. a book. And without that, I don't even want to like start to engage with it, which kind of, I don't like that because I really do like to read because uh, yeah, I just hate the fact that I don't have uninterrupted time now because like that's what I would prefer to have. Well, why do you not like to just start and stop like that I guess because that's actually one of the things that one of my points that I made at the bottom was that I'm trying to do that more because I was very much like you where I had to settle in and it was just kind of this ordeal for me to read. It was like I'm going to get comfortable. I'm going to make like set a time to read for this period of time and now I want to be, I want to be the person who I can get a book, read for a few pages and then if something comes up I can close it and move on but I'm I'm doing that more and more now because of, of time and just stuff going on but it's not even from kids. So why do you not like that? I don't know. I just don't find reading for pleasure to work as well in that situation. Mm. Like, I don't mind if I'm already into a book and I'm getting like nice chunks of uninterrupted time to read it. I will definitely pick the book up and like read it all over the place on my phone, on my Kindle, on my computer, whatever, like in between other stuff or as a break or during the day or like when my kids don't need me for five minutes. But without ever having a block of time to like focus in. I have a lot of trouble just getting into a book enough for it to hook me. And Uh, also knowing that when you get to the part near the end of a book, you know, somewhere between like 75 and 85%, there's usually some point where it's kind of a point of no return and you want to do nothing else until you finish that book. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that exists. And just knowing that that's not even an option for me, that if I get to that point, I'm going to keep getting interrupted is a huge I don't know. It just makes me not even want to start, which kind of sucks. And I'm kind of at that point in Oathbringer right now. That was uh, that's actually part of my geekery this week that I was going to talk about based on this is that I am I'm looking at it right now. I'm at 83 percent of it. So I'm a thousand on page 1038 of 1242. So it's right in the thick of when everything gets awesome. And so I've been reading this as much as I can during different times, like at the doctor's office or just on the couch or at night, whenever Jennifer's watching Dr. Pimple Popper, I'll go into the bedroom to read, to calm, like to relax myself as opposed to, uh, to watching some pimples. And it was, it's something that I always fall asleep like that. That's a, I don't have enough time to read this last because, you know, 20% of this book is 200 pages. It's, it's, I can't get through that in just like this one fairly short setting. Like you would be able to not even setting, but sitting and uh, just, I can't, do that with this book and it's driving me crazy because I want to know where this is going. Well, yeah, but like when I do get that uninterrupted time, um, I really do like to latch onto a book. Like there was one weekend in the last year where my wife and my kids were out of town because they had to travel for a family thing and I couldn't make it because I had like work conflicts on a Friday or the next Monday or something. It was like an extended weekend that I couldn't take with them. So they were out of the house for the whole weekend and that never happens. Like it's happened once in like seven years yep. now. And I just I read 
that entire weekend and it was great it was so good i did video games too <laughs> but i read like three books maybe that weekend it was it was really nice that's crazy like like even at my best i can't read like three books in a weekend and i'm a fairly quick reader but i don't and for some reason i just don't like to read that quickly to power through that i'm and i'm not like jennifer my wife she just uh whenever she's reading she will not read fast because she wants to kind of absorb it and soak it up and experience it and i'm about between like you and her on that where i'm like i'm gonna read quickly to get done with it but i also don't want to get done with it too quickly so i don't i don't even want to get through three books in a weekend just out of pure like reason like like loving the to do it kind of thing well my i don't have multiple reading speeds i have one reading speed and it's very fast like that's that's just the way my mind works. I read absolutely every word that like comes in front of me and I can't stop myself. So when I get into a book, I just kind of fly through it. And maybe that's one of those right. things too where it's like when I get in the zone, I read faster and I enjoy it more. Um so that interruption really bothers me. But like um, uh, you know how I was talking about the the big picture, the fight for the future of movies and how I yeah. really really like that book. Um I finished it last weekend. And I know last episode I talked about I read the first half of it. Well, I read mm -hmm. the second half this weekend. Like I found time two Saturdays ago. I had like four hours at night when the kids didn't bug me. And then this <laughs> weekend on Sunday, I got like three hours. So, I mean, I basically read that book in two sittings. And that was great. I liked that a lot. And that's something that I just, that I rarely do. I can't remember the last time I've done that. And part of it is that I end up like dozing off because I, I've kind of conditioned myself now that when I'm reading for an extended period of time, it's time to roll over and go to sleep. And so it's uh, because I do it at night so much because that's what I do in bed pretty much every single night. That's interesting. And so for yeah, me just to lay on the couch, yeah. Cool. Well, one of the other things I wanted to mention was like, a lot of what I do now is audiobooks, and one of the reasons yeah. is because it just fits into my life better. Because there's a lot of time where like I'm busy doing things. It's the same place in my life for podcasts, basically. Right. Where like my body has to be busy doing things, but my mind isn't, and like my ears are free. It's just all of the daily grind. Like there's household chores. Like we constantly are just doing laundry and dishes and clean the kitchen and make dinner for the kids yep. and get their lunches ready for the next day. Like there's so many little tasks that have to happen every single day with two kids in school that a lot of my night every night is just devoted to that. So I have yeah, hours course. every night where I can just like put in one headphone, leave one headphone out and just crank through podcasts. And when I run out of podcasts, that's when I put on an audiobook. See, and I'm the exact opposite of that. Whenever I'm reading, like I'll do I'll do stuff like that a lot, except it's whenever I get tired of listening to audiobooks, that's when I'll switch to a podcast. It's that when I'm tired of having something long form that I just want some kind of quick hit, that's when I'll go and uh, find a good podcast to listen to for a little bit, and then I'll get back into the next book. Well, and it's interesting for me, too, because for the most part, I don't listen to nonfiction. I, it's not that I never do it, but it's rare for me. And I, I think you and I were talking about this before we recorded. Both of us need to like break out of our comfort zones a little bit more with yeah. what we've been reading. I think both of us are a little bit in a rut at the moment. And this is one yeah. of those areas where I should probably improve on it. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I just I listen to fiction. Like if I want nonfiction, I have podcasts. I have like seventy or eighty podcasts every single week. Right? Like I have my yes. fill of that. It's crazy. I don't, I don't really need that in an audiobook. When I go to an audiobook, I want a story. Like I want some kind of fiction and I still crank up the speed. Yeah, I, I know I've talked about this before where I didn't used to listen to audiobooks on like two times speed. Mm -hmm. Um I'm doing it now. Like I've gotten to the point where I'm just like no, they're too slow. I have to go faster. Uh, I do 1.5 now. I used to do 2 and I realized that it was actually detracting just a little bit from my enjoyment of them of just trying to get through there because I wasn't getting the kind of cadence that the director would want and I learned it because of a Neil Gaiman audiobook when he was reading it. I real because Neil Gaiman is a fantastic narrator. If you've ever if you you or anybody listening has ever listened to uh, Neil Gaiman on anything, like he has just this beautiful voice he it's kind of just melodic and, and it's really the perfect uh, audiobook narrator voice and but listening to it on 2x was it just lost all 
all of that. It was just another British dude reading, and it didn't have this just kind of uh, musical cadence anymore. And I was like, I got to tune it back just a little bit. And 1.5 still had that kind of Gaiman-esque. Uh, it's weird that his his own voice is Gaiman-esque, but that that right point for me, and that's what I listen to now. Yeah, I mean, I guess with audiobooks, I kind of go somewhere between one and a half to two times speed, whereas with podcasts, I go somewhere between two and 2.5 times speed. Plus, I use like the silence remover, uh, so it really sometimes gets up to like 2.75 speed sometimes. Um, I don't honestly yeah. think my brain works that quickly that I've, I, I don't. I don't pay attention very well either. I mean, that is that is also part of it. I mean, that 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 there is the thing where I will zone out for just a little bit. And whenever people are talking that quickly, I mean, if I were focusing in on it, I totally could. But if if it were like almost three like that, there is no way I could really focus on it for an extended period, especially if I'm doing other things, because it would really take my attention to do so. And I'm the opposite. If it's too slow, if it's at like one time speed, I have a lot more trouble paying attention because I just zone it out because mm. there's it's not fast enough. The information is too slow and my brain gets bored and I'm like, OK, I'm going to think about something else. And then I lose <laughs> my train of thought in the podcast. So would you believe that I listened to Dune on one X void? No, I would hate that. That would be horrible. That sounds like torture. <laughs> I, I, I was just thinking that sounds like your own personal hell. That would be to, horrible. After what we were talking about, like that would be just t- terrible. And I, I've since listened to it on faster on faster ones as I've re-listened to it. But I'm the same way as you and breaking out of your comfort zone, though. I listen to a lot of nonfiction on audio. I really like nonfiction audiobooks, especially memoir and things like the... uh, I need to listen to The Princess Diarist, uh, the Carrie Fisher memoir. I love stuff like that on audio that's read by the, the author and it really kind of adds a different level to the to the whole book for me. So that's the kind of nonfiction I like. There's a bunch of running books uh, that, like, I can't remember who it was. Uh, Bart Yasso uh, did some, uh, Dean Carnassus, and uh, people like that I love because it's these kind of, I don't even want to say inspirational memoirs. It's just these things that I could never do, the, running 200 miles at a time, this dude running for he he is literally running 200 miles and he orders pizza and has them deliver it to him while he is running at a per like he 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 plans out where he's going to be in the time of this delivery window and has them meet him there and is delivered pizza and basically folds up an entire pizza uncut and starts just eating it because he's running like that and hearing his own voice do that that's something that i love from audiobooks and why i listen to uh non-fiction like that well you're listening to a lot of these while you're running too right <laughs> yeah i listen to pretty much all of my audiobooks while i'm either running or a long drive i'll occasionally put them in when i'm working when i was doing uh, the event planning, not event planning, but the event set up last summer after my festival ended, I was doing just physical stuff, setting up tents and tables, and I just had an audio book in all the time doing that. But generally, when I'm just around the house, it is silent that when I'm working, I'll do it when I'm mowing the lawn. But generally, when I'm doing dishes or any kind of cleaning, I don't have the TV on or anything. It is pure silence in the house. It has to be a long, extended period before I listen to audiobooks and that's why I keep mine separate. I know you do whisper sync where you have audio and book and sometimes you even have I don't think you I don't think you do any kind of physical books when you have your Kindle and your audiobook on whisper sync, do you? No, that would be overkill. Yeah, that I was thinking that would be crazy. When I said it, I was like, I don't think you do that, actually. But I know you keep yours synced up, and I do not do that. Mine are completely separate, even if I own both of them. I've never been able to really get the whisper sync thing to work in my head. And it's not even that it's uh, it's like I don't understand... Your phone and your Kindle and like multiple places for that? Generally, it's on my phone these days because I've actually learned that I like my Note 8 to read on way better than I like my Kindle 
Paperwhite because it doesn't have the 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 Kindle Paperwhite is beautiful and it is a a magnificent device and whatever they have out now is probably an even better one. But my phone, the Note 8, has such a big screen and it's so long that I can just hold it and cradle it in my hand and it's honestly more comfortable than my Kindle is. Plus, the Kindle has a really bright and it's kind of blue light coming out of the back of it. And even on its dimmest setting, I can get the paper or get the the Kindle app to be a black background with the white text on it and then lower the dimness and it has the blue light filter on it. So it kind of softens it even more. And that is way easier on my eyes at night than even the Kindle Paperwhite is. So I've taken to just reading on it. Either the Audible app or the Kindle app is pretty much my go-to at this point. Yeah, I've been doing that for years too. With my, like the Kindle app is probably my favorite way to read. Um, I get Mm -hmm. my Kindle out when I have direct sunlight. That's kind of my only use case for it. So like, Uh, um, if, if I'm sitting outside on my front porch during the summer, like I use my Kindle or, you know, if we ever yeah, go on a trip, I always make sure to bring it for travel, especially if you end up like at a beach somewhere or at a sunny location. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what you do when you're from Minnesota. You get out of here and you go someplace warm. So a beach or sun <laughs> or something. Um, and so when we end up at those places, I always get out my Kindle. And like uh, the last time that we were by a beach, like that's what I did the whole time. Just sit on the beach and like read my Kindle. Um, but yeah, outside of that one specific use case, I would much rather read on my phone because it's just like so much easier on the eyes if i am on the couch like if i settle in and i'm like let's my one of my favorite times to do it is during a summer thunderstorm where you have just this nice rain outside it's cozy it's kind of dim and dark i'll i'll cuddle up and grab my kindle and read on the couch that way or in an armchair or something that is more comfortable to me than reading on my phone but that is so rare it's kind of like i'll do that i'll go outside i'll sit under a tree in the yard and read for a little bit maybe on the patio out back and i'll use the kindle instead of the the app but most of the time just in practicality it's always on my phone and but it it it's either it's always either or i'm never like going back and forth deciding like oh i don't want to sit here and read i'm going to listen to the same book on audio and no i'm going to list be listening to oh i'll listen to my audio book this time whatever it is i'm listening to and it's 100% separated from whatever it is that i'm reading at the time so i'm always in the middle of two books at least well one of the reasons i started doing it is because if you buy the kindle version first and then you go on Amazon because Audible is an Amazon company. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the time now you can add narration for like two or four dollars. Like it's super yeah. cheap. So that's what got me started. I don't do it all the time. I kind of do. I, I try to think about the story and what's in it and whether I'd rather listen to it or read it. So I do have like a list to read and a list to listen to. Sometimes they just intermingle. So it, it depends on the book. I'm actually looking when you say that because I've done that a lot on I've seen them like that and I've actually bought a couple like that and I'm I'm trying to see um look up my book because I think I have that on there and I want to know how much my audiobooks are and my <laughs> book my book Well while you are, look that up I was going to mention um like you and I we should probably both set like mini goals here about like breaking out of our comfort zone because yeah I've been like I'm reading, listening, whatever you want to call it, to um, a lot of sci-fi and fantasy. That's kind of my comfort zone at the moment. And sci-fi is still really working for me. Like, I'm kind of loving sci-fi the most right now, but I'm finding fantasy is just, like, less and less effective for me over time. I feel like it's so samey. Like, there's not enough variety. There's not enough experimentation with it. Um, There are a couple series that are exceptions, you know, Anything from like Brandon Sanderson, I'll read. Anything from Brent Weeks, I will read. Um, Patrick Rothfuss, whenever book three eventually comes out, I will absolutely drop everything else to read that book. But outside of those three authors, I I just can't get excited about fantasy anymore. So I kind of need to stop buying those books. And that means that I basically just have sci-fi. And that's not enough. Like I need more variety. No. So I should probably try more nonfiction. And I think yeah. I'm far enough away from school and college and everything now, it's been years and years and years. I should probably try nonfiction for fun for the first time in I don't even know how long. But you, you've been reading Sanderson, and that's like it yes. forever. Yes, and I am almost to the end of it. Like, I'm 
almost to the end of my Sanderson streak where I started reading all of the Mistborn books and then I read all of the sequel Mistborn books and then I read The Way of Kings and Wards of Radiance and now I'm getting back in now I'm finishing up Oathbringer and I did the Arcanum Unbounded too so I read the the novellas and all of the shorts that were leading up to it in the Cosmere as well and I'm finally going to finish up with Warbreaker after the, something you told me. And I still don't know what the tie-in is. Uh, apparently, I haven't gotten to it yet or haven't noticed it. But I know uh, that I need to read Warbreaker after this one because it's been six years since I read it, maybe. And I want to know. I want to see those connections like I've seen everything else. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But after that, I'm going to feel kind of lost because I'm, I've been reading fantasy for so long. And I, I do tend to separate my sci-fi and fantasy. I love listening to science fiction and I read fantasy more often. That's interesting. And I think it tends to be because of the way the narration sounds. And I don't, I don't mean it in in, a, in any kind of negative way, but because fantasy seems so samey, and I love fantasy, but they, it did. It got to the point for a while where it all seemed exactly the same, and what broke me out of it was Brandon Sanderson with Mistborn, and then later with The Name of the Wind. Uh, the, the Name of the Wind got me back into reading other kinds of fantasy, but when I listen to it, and I haven't listened to Name of the Wind yet, but when I listen to fantasy, I kind of roll my eyes that I'm like, oh, this just sounds bad, where a lot of sci-fi is is way more conversational, that a lot of fantasy authors don't tend to have a a, a real dialogue set, that, that they don't have a feel on what real conversation sounds like, so it sounds really forced, and at least in science fiction, it's not quite as uh it's science fiction is not quite as alien and as i guess as foreign which is weird but it, it's for something like listening to fantasy that just it feels hokey and and more put on but i can read it and get fully invested yeah no i agree with you for the most part for the narrators but name of the wind and wise man fear wise man's fear are probably two of my favorite audiobooks ever so like oh, those yeah, are I actually exceptions. bought them I actually bought, at least I bought the first one and it's going to, I'm going to read it. And because of you, actually, when you told me that I needed to, uh, I went and I actually put it on my, um, I actually used one of my credits and got it then. And I can't wait to listen to that one. And I'm kind of waffling on whether I want to listen to the Wheel of Time series because they're super long and there's so many of them. And Brandon Sanderson finished that series as well. And, but they're 40 hours long each. I don't know if I can listen to that much fantasy audiobook. Yeah. And that's how I'm feeling about just audiobooks in general like I, I really need to grab a couple nonfiction and just make myself kind of break out of the habits I'm in because like yeah. I read Artemis I read Paradox Bound I read um, you know the Powder Mage trilogy that way a bunch of other Star Wars books actually I didn't mention it it, it was going to be my geekery but I might as well mention it now um, this last week I listened to the Legends of Luke Skywalker which is like a lead up to the force awakens or not the force awakens sorry to the last jedi um, okay and that was really interesting it's like the the framing device is a bunch of spacers on a ship telling stories but they're all okay. telling different stories about luke skywalker all basically between the end of return of the jedi and the start of the force awakens just like him out in the world and how he has these legends around him now which was really huh. interesting that was a really good listen but you know i, I mean Star Wars, I'm always going to be reading whatever the newest Star Wars book is. I think there's one coming out with Han Solo for the movie soon. I'm sure. Yeah, but I mean, outside of Star Wars, which is always going to be there, I should probably diversify. So I will report back when I do. I've kind of added it to my list as a to-do. I'm going to be doing the same thing, trying to get the trying to get more nonfiction in, because I have been pretty much exclusively doing fiction. And so I want to get back into listening to some of my, my running memoirs and honestly, I love celebrity memoirs, but it's not all celebrity memoirs. Like I'm not, I'm way more versed, I guess. I'm way more versed in not even celebrity culture, but just celebrities, like people's names, like who they are. You're like, I don't know who that is. And there are certain people I like hearing about and I want to listen to that. So I actually need to get back in and listen to things like, uh, what is it? Is it Yes, Please by by Amy, Amy Poehler and some of those, the... 
I'm halfway through, what is it, You're Never Weird on the Internet sometimes, uh, the Felicia Day one, and so I, I need to finish those, but I'd like to listen to them on audiobook, so I'll probably do that. Now that I'm running a lot more, I'm really going to have to find some stuff to listen to, because I've been ha- I've been going through them so quickly that I was afraid I came in 30 minutes before, uh, about an hour before we started recording this, and I thought I was going to run out of book, and I didn't have one down, an extra one downloaded, uh, and I thought I was going to have to switch to music and the thought was like oh but but there's a sequel to this and I, need, I need to listen to it right now oh yeah you just Luckily, finished up lock-in didn't you i did i finished it today actually I, it turns out that i don't remember this if it was on there i completely forgot it that the audiobook of it has a novella at the end an oral history of the the disease breakout that that caused all of it where that locks them in their body and it has a it's this oral history novella that i ended up listening to toward the end of it because the book itself i was way close to the end of the actual book and so i listened to this oral history as i ran today and i'm very glad that it was tacked on there because i haven't actually bought the sequel and so i'm gonna actually do that tonight so i can load it up and have something on there so i can listen to it like i'm gonna be going through a lot of audible books as since i'm actually running again for the first time in like two years sweet well we should probably mention before we jump to talking about other stuff that you can get a free audiobook we always have that offer it helps the podcast if you go to audibletrial.com slash geek to geekcast you can get a free book and a free one month trial of audible and you get to keep the book no matter what which is pretty sweet but anything i mean normally we like to recommend a book but we just talked about a ton of them so anything we just talked about is a good choice um it's true I did look, and speaking of of good choices, no, I did look. Mine are like seven forty nine because I own the audiobooks, and I know that when they when they actually went up, they were around twenty nine to thirty four dollars each is the price on them. And because I own my own audiobooks, it's showing them I can buy the Whisper Sync one for seven forty nine. So that's the kind of discount you tend to get, sometimes even more than that, uh, just based on on amazon yeah that's through amazon yep that's always cool to see too we should mention the network before we bounce over to weekly geekery um geekitude this week i know they covered ready player one i haven't listened to it yet but i'm probably gonna do that right after i edit the podcast tonight um tea time with katie and chelsea they talked about like fan shipping things that aren't canon which was really interesting to listen to and then rob did his like first infinity war prep episode on the comic box this week and it was really good he talked about i'm gonna forget it's thanos quest whatever the very first like real infinity gem infinity stone one is and that's the one that he had recommended to uh, to me that i read like a few months ago that one is good like it's it's bad in a way because of like the art and the style and like the very 90s feel to it but in another way it's just so good for what it is that is it 90s or is it 80s because i was thinking like it's it's like early early 90s okay so it hasn't fully, yeah. I was because I was had that feel of the '80s, like, uh, um, what is it where Spider-Man gets his black suit, uh, Secret Wars, and that's what I was thinking of. This kind of really hokey thing like that, but yeah, I'm picturing the Thanos quest thing in my mind, the cover. So yeah, it's yeah. But we love the network. You should listen to them if you're not. That's probably time for weekly geekery, and we both kind of talked about a couple things that were on ours since we talked about books already. But what else do you got? I found I was doing my stream on Friday, and it was one of the one. Of of the articles that I'd found on my, for my WordPress dream was talking about gamifying WordPress. And I was like, I had to, I had to read it and figure out what was going on. And as I talked about it, one of the things it, that it, it mentioned was Habitica. And I'd seen it before and never really logged in. And it's a, it's a productivity app. It is a glorified to-do list. It does pretty much everything or, or close to like Wonderlist. It's just a, a, basic version of Wonderlist. And I am all in on this right now that you get experience every completing a task is completing anything that you put on here gives you experience and you can then earn gold and buy new armor for your for your avatar and then you're also able to go on quests and the more you knock off and the more that you knock off your list you end up can go do damage to the bosses on this or you have a chance on finding the item for the collect quests and then you can get unique items from doing those quests and and 
mounts that you can then find potions and then feed them or pets that you can then hatch out of eggs that that you can keep on your profile that you can also feed and turn them into mounts uh, that are there and it's actually really interesting and really compelling and people use it a lot it looks like that there is always if you go in on the chat you can you can join different guilds that that have chats that talk about different things i think i found some that's like science-based fitness and and uh, nerdy fitness, things like that. And uh, um, one of them's like anxiety for people with anxiety to talk about how they deal with it through uh, like dealing with stuff through their through their days. Like stuff like this has been really cool. And it has made me actually put things on there to do that I need to do and actually remember later. And I use reminders all the time anyway that I'm constantly putting reminders into my phone to beep at me later in my calendar or telling Google to do it or something and now I can just put this in and it will remind me and then I press the button and it gives me experience and lets me use my abilities against the bosses and like I really like it and I've I've set up a geek to geek cast network party for us to do quests and stuff together so if you guys do decide to download Habitica it used to be called Habit RPG uh, but it's on all the app stores it's habitica.com and if you do that send me your username uh, your user ID it's a string of numbers actually I have to have it they have a really weird system like that it needs to be done better but a uh, send me your user id on uh either twitter or drop it on reddit or in slack and let me know because i'll add you to the party and we can kill bosses together and get things done like <laughs> i really like, it like would this work for you really well and it would not work for me at all nope it, you would hate it like i thought about sending you an invite just to try to get you on there i'm just like you would hate this so much yep that's like you are when you're actually in productivity mode you want it to be productive oh yeah you don't want you don't want the gamification of it because it I actually have gone detracts out of my from way your to like get rid of gamification for my productivity because yep. it actively just yeah it detracts from what i'm trying to do yeah, it affects you in the complete opposite way. Instead of motivating you, you're so efficient at the way you work through everything. It just adds a layer that you have to deal with between getting something done and moving on. Exactly. So yeah, you would you would not be able to use Habitica, but for somebody like me, it it kind of hits all of the things that I like in terms of project management and productivity and keeping myself accountable and I get cosmetic items like right now my warrior is holding a parasol as a shield and it's awesome. Okay. That I'm glad that it works for you. Oh, I see that you've been watching stuff too like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and Punisher. I really want to okay. hear about Disgaea, but hit those first. Right. Okay, so I'm all in on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend that Jennifer and I was talking about it last week and where I've watched a few episodes. We finished season one last night and started in on season two. And this is just something that it makes me feel really bad. Like this, this, this show is fantastic. It's musical. There's a there's an original musical number in every episode and the songs are hilarious that they are just they are just wonderfully hilarious. And it is I feel really bad, though, because I kind of identify with the crazy main character like she has mental health issues and it's not just because like i have anxiety or anything but it's because she's like super selfish and makes really bad choices for herself in this kind of crazy self-sabotage way and it's like that's something i've worked on with my counselor and i'm like i know why you did that and i feel really icky about it but i'm like i'd have done the same thing where it's like it it's both wonderful and like oh man i'm kind of like rebecca but i'm 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 not anymore, but it's uh, it's really good that this show is really well done and they are handling like relationships and human relationships like I'm not even like romantic, just relationships and how you affect people. I just like how they're handling looking at at humanity, the human side of it. Like it's really, really good. I cannot wait to get through the rest of this show that I still don't know if you would like it or not. I don't think you would, even though you like music. Uh, Uh, no, No, probably not. I tried the Punisher but, though. I know you've been watching that, and it was I have it was not for me either. And I'm I'm curious on why you didn't like the Punisher because when I started it, I liked the first episode a lot, and then after that one, I really got into it. I think I'm in the middle of the third episode. I might be in the middle of the fourth now. I really can't remember where I had to just stop in the middle of one and and 
go take care of something. It was a combination of like, I just didn't like the characters. Like none of them were likable. And then it was too slow. And those things together just killed it for me. And I really like, I really like Frank that I think that the casting, everything, I loved him in Daredevil so much. Oh, I like him in Daredevil a lot. It's just the context that he's put in, in the Punisher series, the standalone series. I don't like any of the other things going on around him. uh, Like they're just not interesting to me. So I loved him in the Punisher. I think he was maybe the best part of that season or not the Punisher in um, Daredevil I think he was maybe the best part of that season I just didn't like his standalone at all how far did you get in it because I actually think I'm in the fourth episode now that I'm thinking on what was happening not far, and like th- two episodes maybe the third one is really where it did fully hook me because something happened and it became more than what it was and I'm not going to spoil it because we're on on the podcast here but it's uh something happened where it just it took a different it, it, it's not even that it shifted gears it's just that you can start seeing where the where the show is going more on its own than just being kind of a rehash like the first episode felt like it might have been i guess i'm becoming more critical of streaming only shows that take three episodes to get into or like jessica jones uh, that takes like nine or ten episodes in the second season to get into like there is no excuse for that in in the world of streaming like i get it if it's a tv show and it's been brought over to a streaming platform or it's something like hbo where they have to like lead up to things and they drag it out week after week like a traditional tv show model that's understandable but when you have a streaming platform like there's no excuse to wait so long to get into the story it just totally turns me off of a series like that i can totally see it too and i I wonder if part of it is just being able to keep eyes on the screen that people will when they're binging something the more they're invested in your ecosystem the longer the series that if somebody sees this as a four episode series they're not watching netflix as long as they would be if it's 13 and just keeping on coming back it's kind of that dopamine thing it's like oh i've got 13 of these i can keep going through it and uh i don't know that's all i can think of for stuff like that because you're right in terms of narrative and the writing and why traditional tv shows have the the wait until the third episode before things get good with the pilot is this uh to attract people and then you have the second episode that has to be like the pilot in order to keep those people and then in the third episode you can start setting up what the show is and uh moving away from that uh and streaming doesn't have to do that but they're still within that same formula and trying to be that so it's, it's weird i think you're absolutely right on it i i guess i'm just so used to the way it is that i'm just I'll, i give it that long anyway un- unless it's anime and then i give it three minutes and 47 seconds <laughs> Yeah, I just don't have patience for it anymore, for, like, anything. Like, I, I have better things to do with my time than, you know, waste three hours trying to get to good story. Like, right. you could have watched two movies in that time, or you could have watched three episodes of a different show, or six <laughs> episodes of a 20-minute show. Like, there are other things to do with your time than wait for a narrative to maybe get interesting. So, I guess I'm just way more critical than you are. Yeah. But you've oh, been yeah, trying absolutely. Disgaea games, and I really want to hear what you think, because I don't think you'll like those. Okay, so I'm I'm trying them, and that is the that is the operative term here. And I started I w- I've been looking into them for the last couple of days because there's a Green Man Gaming sale going on, and there are a couple of them on PC for like six dollars, and then twenty percent off of that. So I'll probably pick one up anyway. But I realized that there is a demo of Disgaea Two on PC that I've downloaded. I've downloaded Disgaea Four's demo on the PS Vita, and then I've downloaded the demo of Disgaea Five on the switch because austin told me about it that i didn't even know there was a demo of that one so i've started two and i've started five uh just a little bit i've played minor bits and i have uh gotten into like the first tutorial battle in each of them and I don't know what I think because I don't know how the the whole game is going to play. You know, I don't I don't understand the systems involved uh, because it doesn't feel like it plays like a traditional strategy game, like the the, the turn based strategy I'm used to because of ha- being able to execute and then move other stuff around and like it seems like you can move an unlimited number of times. Like I don't I don't know what what's up with five yet, but I like what I'm seeing so far. But I love the humor that i don't know if that's what you thought i would hate or not but just no, how I think weird you, it is i like, think you'll hate is. like the layers of systems that you probably have barely scratched the surface of oh yeah there's like, I haven't... 
There's like way more systems in that game than there ever needs to be in any game. And some people like that. Some people like really like it. I like systems when they have a purpose and they're elegantly connected. This is just like one of those games where it's systems layered on systems layers on systems. And if you're the kind of person that wants that, you will love the game. But if if you need it to like be meaningful systems that all interlock in very elegant ways the way that I do, yeah. you would not like it. I don't think I'm going to stick with these long term. That's why I'm looking at the ones that are going to be under $6 because it's I, I, from what I've been reading about them, I th- you can get to like level 9999 and then start over as on a ca- on a single character with a new game plus kind of kind of thing like i know that this is for those hardcore not even hardcore but systems people who collect and and max out everything to constantly keep going and i'm not that guy so who knows what it'll be i've just been kind of in the mood for another jrpg and so i've got final fantasy 4 on my phone that i just haven't started yet uh and then if i don't fall in on one of these Disgaea games and it doesn't grab me and end up picking it up then I'm really looking at Nino Kuni 2. Austin's like going crazy on this game he is really seeming to lose his mind on how awesome it is and it looks so pretty and the way he described it was a (laughs) what a Final Fantasy what we want the Final Fantasy games to be at this point but they're not and the combat he said was more was somewhere between Kingdom Hearts 2 and Final Fantasy 15 so it's way simpler and not the the mad kind of garbage that actually didn't like in Final Fantasy 15 for the combat but I'm interested in it, and so I'm thinking about picking it up because it's so pretty. And based on his recommendation, he and I do like the same kind of JRPGs a lot. Have you played it? No. I've I've read a bunch about it, and I've listened to a lot about it, and um, I've heard things about the pacing and like the battle system that make me think it might not be engaging enough for me, but I'd be really interested uh, to know what you think because I'm re- I haven't yeah. talked to anybody directly that's played it. So I'm kind of missing that component. So you go buy it and then tell me what you <laughs> think and then I'll figure out if I want to buy it. Well, I'm I'm actually what I'm thinking about doing on this one. I know that this is terrible, but it, we all do it. I'm going to buy the PC version and I'm going to play it for an hour and a half or so. And then I'm going to Steam return it. And if I like it, then I'm going to get it on PS4. Because, you know, the issues I've had with my computer not really liking yeah. high graphics quality. So I'm basically going to play it to see if I can, if I like it so I can actually get a refund on it. <laughs> um, to, to make sure because I, I don't have a Gamefly subscription right now. So I'm going to try to do that. But I'm really interested in it. I just I honestly don't know how long the game is, which is why I actually haven't picked up Xeno Saga Chron... No, what is it? No, Xenoblade Chronicles 2. It's because it's 70 hours long or more. And I, I am straight up intimidated by that. I think Nino Kuni 2 is one of those like 100 plus hour games. That's another reason no! that I didn't really want to grab it. Yeah, that's one that's longer than it needs to be. So to keep that in mind. No. Yeah, okay. I need to know about the last okay. thing on your okay. list. Something about eating a mini cake. <laughs> okay, so 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 I had a really, really bad weekend that that friday like the last week has really not been that great just overall and this week was was really terrible and so uh, on top of uh, uh, just lots of stuff were go was going on in our personal life we were having just a, a terrible 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 week and on top of that my runs were terrible like the thing that i was trying to to do to make everything feel better they were awful that even the ones that i was able to get through and hit my goal it was just terrible so on saturday jennifer and i decided that in order to make ourselves feel better we were gonna don't go have a dessert and we decided i decided that what i wanted was a whole mini cake and if you go to the grocery store if you go to Publix or anywhere a mini cake is just a small version it's not a cupcake it is just a small version of a layer of a three layer cake with icing and everything in the middle like a, a round cake with three layers three tiers and um ate it for dinner and I ate the whole mini chocolate cake for dinner. Uh, Jennifer ate some of it as well, but I ate a lot more of it. Like most of it was was me. That's what I ate at night. And 
I didn't really get sick on it. I probably should have. And it was delicious and it was awesome. And there, but I'd also only eaten oatmeal and then some, uh, uh, the malto meal bags of, of, uh, they're called frosted mini spooners. They're the off brand of frosted mini wheats because they come in this giant bag. And that's all I'd eaten for like two days was oatmeal, bowls of, mini spooners for lunch and then maybe some of my protein cookies as din as like some din- like snacks after my my meal like i can't remember what i had for dinner on friday now but like and then saturday i had the oatmeal the cereal and a mini cake and that's what I ate that day, Void. That was my food for I, the day. See, like, I don't and, understand why you're so sheepish, sheepish about this. I'm like, yeah, I ate a large pizza and I had a cake. Like, you took five minutes to explain that. I would just been like, yeah, I ate a whole pizza and a cake on my own. What's the problem? Like, as long as you're not doing it every day, it doesn't matter. Like, whatever. I eat really healthy five, <laughs> maybe six days a week. There's like one day a week where it's like, yeah, I had Reese's peanut butter cups. That's it for the whole day. There were like two bags Good of them. Lord. They're gone now because I ate them all. <laughs> like, I don't understand why it took you five minutes to and, tell me that you ate a cake. Like, okay, that good. Is, good for you. Enjoy so, your cake. Like, what's your problem? Well, it, it is so against like what I eat and what I normally do. But like, you the eat way so we, healthy like so many days that it doesn't yeah. matter when it's one day. Like, I don't, like, it, that's where oh, you have a hang up there that I don't. And I, I it's just like, Sorry, I don't have any sympathy because, like, yeah, I ate, like, a large pizza, and then I had, like, I do that all the time. Like, one day a week, I just go crazy, and it's whatever. And, well, for me, what it was, it was, like, I didn't feel bad about it at first. Like, I was like, yeah, I did this. It made me feel better. And then the next day, I went out for a run, and... It was the worst run I've had in as long as I can remember. Like I was actually getting leg cramps. Oh and yeah, no, don't I was gonna give myself go shin. Run. That's bad. My sh- I was gonna get shin splints. Like my 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 muscle on my shin was like cramping up. My Achilles tendon was doing this. And I met up. Jennifer actually went out. We don't run together at all. Uh, we both hate like running with other people. So we went out, and so we were we were so happy, and we were going out, and we were excited. And it was just miserable for both of us. And we met up, like we came up and saw each other and met on this corner of the street. And we were just about the same distance as well. And we were both like, this is the worst. Like, I feel really bad. And we traced it back. And we realized if we're both doing this, we've eaten pretty much the same thing. It's like, I don't have any nutrients in my body. And so I'm still making up for that because today's was still hard, but it wasn't Sunday. But it's like, if you want to run, like you think carbo loading is like great. It's like, I'm going to have so much sugar and carbs in my system. I'm going to be able to run tomorrow. It's going to be great. It did not turn to glycogen. It did not work. I had no nutrients in my system and my body hated me for it. Like it was, I was going to injure myself if I did that. So whenever I think about my body, like the oatmeal says, as being a fast moving garbage disposal, that's not true. My bot, my body had done. No, no, that mini cake did not work for fuel. Yeah. You should have no. had a multivitamin with your mini cake. That's that's I the had, lesson to I take had away. a supplement of D3. Yeah, it's not the same thing. Mini vitamin with mini <laughs> cake. Um anyway, I I Are you speaking a from experience on this? Yeah. No, you, every time you eat like I, horrible junk, you just gotta pop a multivitamin with it. And it makes you feel it doesn't it's not good, <laughs> but it makes you feel better the next day. I'm ex, yes, a hundred percent I'm speaking from experience. I do this at least once a week. I have just a garbage food day and I have a multivitamin with it, and I feel way better the next day than if I don't have that multivitamin. It anyway, and I, this week, I'm absolutely sure I played um, a couple games. I played Minute, which did you ever look at it after I told you about I it? I do. It looks so cool. It's interesting. It's like it's very Zelda like, but it's in 60 second bursts. So you pick up this sword at the beginning that spoiler alert, it happens in the first 60 seconds, but it's cursed. And <laughs> it um, it makes it so that you die after 60, 60 seconds every time. And then you reset to your home point and you can find different home points around the map. So you're not actually starting at the same point for the entire game, but you're basically trying to like gain new abilities or get to new areas or like gain a new item. Um, and it's all the Zelda style of how you do that, right? With like the exploration and moving around the overworld map and like using the items you have to get to a new area, but you only have 60 seconds at a time. So you'll kind of like explore one direction and then be like, oh, I can't quite make it or I need to do this other thing or fight. I don't know. It's very interesting, but it's very like Devolver Digital, like their style. It's low, I don't want to say low 
poly it's not polygons it's pixels it's like very pixels black and white style almost like original game boy ish but not quite i mean yeah. you looked at it right We're- yeah, and I don't even know how to describe the graphics on it either. Like, I went just now, even as you're talking about it, I went to look at the graphics, like, to see these these videos and stuff. And I don't even know how to describe it. It looks almost like original Game Boy, and it's similar to old PC games, like old DOS games. Yeah, almost, yeah. Where so it's, it's not like good better graphics, than Atari, but, but... Yeah, it, it's good enough for what it is yeah. in these little 60 second bursts so it's a fun game i if you know you like zelda games or you like devolver digital or just the premise sounds interesting any of those i can recommend it on and it's only like 10 bucks i think it's 9.99 or something and i know it's on ps4 xbox one and pc and maybe other places but those places for sure so i grabbed it on ps4 and i'm having a lot of fun with it um that the sounds other thing, really cool yeah, it is cool. The other thing I played this week was Assassin's Creed Origins, and I thought I might be hate playing this, which is what I told you right before I started. <laughs> and I don't know why I love the idea of you hate playing a game. Like there, there's so many things that that it's like you hate do, and it's like for some reason I've never even thought about hate gaming. That that it's is man, uh, I love the idea of it too. It's like I'm gonna hate every second of this. It bugged me. It's kind of like, I thought it might be like the way I played Final Fantasy 3. Like, I was going to beat this game (laughs) because it's part of a series that I love, but I do not like that game. Like, I don't ever need to play Final Fantasy 3 again, but... I thought, okay, I know what this game is now. I know what Assassin's Creed Origins is offering. And I've had like six months to cool down. And there are no other new games out for another week or two. So I have some time. And I was just looking for something to play that wasn't... I, I don't have quite enough time because like God of War is going to come out. Um, Yakuza 6 is going to come out. There's a couple other games that I have my eye on that I don't know if I'm going to grab. But maybe in the next week or two. And... I don't have enough time to get into Persona 5 again, which is really kind of what I wanted to do. But I was like, I might have enough time to go back to AC Origins. And it's still not a good Assassin's Creed game. Like, I think they did Assassin's Creed a disservice. But do you remember what I said in October about this game? Yep, I do. I came back to it with reset my expectations to just expect an Ubisoft open world game and tried to like keep the fact that it was Assassin's Creed out of my mind. And I enjoyed this game so much more. So I'm actually having some fun with it. It's not fantastic. It's very much like, yep, that's an Ubisoft open world game, but I like it way better than I did before. And I think because I'm I'm right near the end. I'll probably have it finished by like the next day or two after we record this. Maybe even by the time you guys are listening to this, I'll be done with it. I think even if they keep this style of Assassin's Creed game going forward, I really hope they choose locations that are better suited to Assassin's Creed than Egypt is. Like ancient Egypt is just too flat with not enough variety to it. It's just not ideal to put an Assassin's Creed game in that setting. And I think that's maybe where they went wrong. So yeah, it could be. Uh, I'll report back. I just want, I want to finish it. I want like the checkbox that says you finished this. I, you know, just in my own mind for my own sanity. Yeah. Since you finished all of them, it's kind of, it's kind of that sort of Damocles. It's just hanging over your head all the time. Exactly. It's like, you didn't do this. You didn't do this. You didn't do this. You didn't do this. Well, and the the other thing this week I wanted to mention that we don't need to go super deep in, but um, the solo trailer came out and, you know, it looks like a heist movie to me. I, this is the first time where I saw a trailer for Solo and I was like, hey, that looks like a movie I'll probably enjoy the first time. I still don't think it's going to hold up to the test of time based on what I've seen. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that's not correct. I really want it to be good. But, you know, this is the first time where I didn't see the trailer and go, oh, OK. You know, you know, it's like right. I, I'm actually like, oh, OK, I'm, I'm kind of I'm excited for opening night for the first time. But you and seem I got to really, really like it. I really liked this one. I, it's the first time I've seen anything from Solo where, outside of seeing Donald Glover as Lando, and you actually get to hear him in this one, so it's awesome. I just love him. But outside of seeing the other stuff, it's like, this is awesome. That this looks like it could be a really good movie. And it's what we talked about back when we did our Rogue One episode a couple of years ago. 
I love heist movies. That this is that all of the Star Wars stories are taking on a different genre, really. That Rogue One was a war movie, and I don't like war movies, but I love heist movies. I love heist movies. So the fact that this one looks like it may actually be having fun with it now instead of taking itself so seriously, like the first trailers indicated, the first teasers indicated, maybe this one's going to be pretty good. I like that Chewie has a love interest in it, it looks like. They're going to have more than one uh more than one wookie in it which is great uh it may be that you know he has chewy with him throughout most of the movie which i love that looks like they may actually be working together a lot where maybe the uh learning the the meaning of friendship won't be exactly what the movie is about where it's it's better than the characters look like characters i know i said this to you this morning that that it was when we were texting back and forth that the characters themselves look like they have character which is something that i felt was really missing in rogue one that that those characters fell so flat for me that i don't actually remember their names and like i don't know if i ever knew some of their names and they this one i think is going to have characters that are memorable for me Okay. Because I mean, it's my I kind like, of movie. I like heist movies too. I like good heist movies. I just, the part of it that bugs me is that they put it as a prequel with Han Solo. Like, it feels right. like the Han Solo aspect is tacked onto this. I would be way more excited if this movie were coming out and it did not have any characters that we recognized. Like, I would love a Star Wars story movie that's a heist movie without any of the characters that have been in any of the movies before. Like, that's what I want. I want us to get away from the saga trilogy, like, or the trilogies at this point, because there's a whole world out there. There's a whole universe to explore. And we're going to tell the story that has at least three characters that we know are perfectly fine in later movies, which gets rid of all of the, like, right. there's, they're not going to get hurt beyond recognition. They're not going to die. They're, they're not going to be ever put in real jeopardy because we know that they exist later. It's like, yes. oh, that takes so much tension out of it that it's kind of disappointing. And I mean, you're abs- that that is the big problem with this, and it's a big problem I have with Rogue One as well. You either have no sense of danger for the characters, like in this one, where you know these characters are there and okay, or you have characters like Jen and Cassian who are throwaways in her in terms of the universe it's like yes they have that yes there is danger for them to die because they have to die that that this is the only time that you get to experience these characters because you know they don't exist later so there's a real problem with doing this kind of tied directly into the narrative that we know movie where if they go away i'm really excited about the ryan johnson trilogy because i loved the last jedi and it's not going to be tied to anything we know already where it's going to be our first like outside star wars movie i think and it's it's I'm so excited for that. Yeah, I'm super excited for that one, too. So I feel better about Solo after this trailer than I did after yeah. any of the other previews or trailers. So it's doing its job, I guess, as, as much as it can. I'm very skeptical of this movie, but I'm still going to enjoy No matter what, I'm going to enjoy it on opening night. And that's kind of what matters at the moment, because opening night's only like two months away or something. It's not yeah, that long. It's nuts. It's not yeah. even two months. It's just maybe six weeks now. Seven. Yeah. Yeah, wow, they're gonna Disney's right. gonna have a good spring here with uh, or Q two yeah. anyway with uh, Infinity War and then Solo right after it. They're gonna make some money. And is 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 Incredibles two Q one or or Q two or Q three? Because if no it's idea. in Q two, it's they gonna go nuts. They go they yeah. they have all the money. Well, yeah, and right after coming off of Black Panther, which is just like destroying all of these box office records, like they. That's true. Disney's doing well this year, that's for sure. Yeah, this um, may be one of the best years Disney ever had. Yeah, yeah, we'll see at the end of the year. It might be. That'd be very interesting. Okay, cool. That's probably it for this week. Uh, you can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address, as always, is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have longer discussion threads on the subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. And we're on Slack, too. So if you're there during the day or at night, then go to slack.geek2geekcast.com for an invite. And like we said earlier, we're part of a podcast network. So go to geek2geekcast.com and check out all of our shows. I blog at agreenmushroom.com and you can find me at GRN Mushroom. That's Green Mushroom without the E's on Twitter. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beej. That's Beej with two E's. And I'm online at runningshoes.tv. We've been Void and Beach with your Geek Geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. 
See you next week, geeks. Star Wars. Comics. Hey everyone, Rob here, your friendly neighborhood comic geek, inviting you to join me and my rotating cast of co-hosts each week on The Comic Box, where we tell you everything you need to know to become a world-class comic book geek. So join us for The Comic Box, each week, right here on the geek to geek Podcast Network. Hi everyone, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we are the hosts of Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture and talking about pretty much whatever we want. Katie! Yes? Stop thinking about Zac Efron and tell our future listeners what some of our latest episodes have been about. Well, we've talked about Zac Efron. No, get it together, Katie. Fine. We've talked about fan fiction, classical literature adaptations, favorite TV couples, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice and download our podcast today. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek.